Oh, yes, yes, yes. Live back in action from the shotgun formation to the end zone celebration. This is the third and three podcast presented by the sports column. Week one has come and gone, but the show goes on as we have a lot to discuss on the gridiron. It all started last Thursday night when the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs took care of the Houston Texans and closed week one with a game that came down to the very end between the Titans and Broncos on Monday night after Steve Goskowski missed three field goals and an extra point for the Tennessee Titans. And I guess the fourth field goal was the charm because that uh, chip shot was the game winner. We'll get into more of that. I know my teammates were watching as much football as they could. We'll share what we learned from the game. One first, but look, here we go. The wheels that make this thing freaking turn over here. The third and three podcast. My teammates. First off, she can get very angry if you disagree with her, so try not to. When she gets pissed, she goes on hysterical rants, which I freaking love. So I just shut up and listen. And really, she's extremely passionate about her team, about the things that she loves. She's our diva receiver, Tricky Nikki G. Oh boy, yes, yes. There were a lot of crazy things as we would expect. Nikki, you called it right off the bat. We're gonna see a lot of sloppiness and there's a lot of other words that we can insert in there. And uh whew, boy, here we go. But also, my man being a boxing fan. Likes to throw little subtle jabs over here at me and Nikki about our teams when he can. And given his team was the only one of the three of us to win, I expect a few more jabs and perhaps maybe even a right hook coming from this guy over here. But it's all good and fun. I give you the real deal, Damian Adams. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, when you're winning and you're coming off a week where your team wins and the rest of the division loses, you just come in in a great mood. You know, I'm feeling really, really good right now. <laughs> you know, so it's just nice to be on top, you know? Hey, well, yeah. Right? Here he goes. Here he goes. You know, I was saying subtle jabs, you know, like subtle jabs. Get, you know, round one started, but he's already in round three or four already, Damien. Gee, my goodness, Scott. Yeah, I'm on the other side of that. I don't, you know, the rest of my division won, and 49 is lost. So I'm on the complete 180 side of you over there, bro. Not good. Not good. Nikki, I know yours is up and down your division, of course. We're going to get into your Giants, your Saints, my 49ers, which, wow, lots to go over there. But first, we got to do our neighborhood news. So cue up the music, please. Oh, who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Let's get into this bad boy over here. All right. Third and three podcast coming at you over here again by the sports column with Damian and Nikki. I'm Jason Fearman. We'll give you our handles at the end so you know what's up. Neighborhood news. Got to start with the NBA playoffs. How could you not? Damian, Nikki, let's get into this real quick. It's amazing. Look, in any sport, guys, when you're down three to one in a seven game series, 
you know you're pretty much screwed unless you're LeBron James and you can come back and do your thing. But whether it's hockey, baseball, basketball, that's a problem, all right? Denver down 3-1 against Utah. They come back and win that. Then against the favored L.A. Clippers, not just in the series, but in the entire league, basically, then between the Lakers to win the championship, Damian, the Denver Nuggets, went ahead and came back and destroyed the Clippers last night. It wasn't even close. I'm really literally in shock that that happened, that they could do that again against a team like that. Yeah, I'm definitely right there with you in shock. And I want to give Denver all the credit in the world, but we have to acknowledge the choke job that we saw by the Clippers. Like, I have a pair of Kawhi Leonard shoes that I wear when I play basketball, and now I'm scared to wear them when I eat because I'm scared I'm not going to chew my food correctly. (laughs) 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 That's how big of a choke job this was by the Clippers, a team with championship talent like you mentioned, I picked them to win the championship, and they go out in the second round to a team they were up 3-1 against, and also they blew leads of at least 15 points in games 5 and 6, and they were up by 12 at one point in game 7, and blew double-digit leads in all three games to let the Nuggets come back. Yeah, Nuggets deserve all credit in the world, but we have to acknowledge the choke job that this was. Well, it definitely was a choke job. Paul George, Paul George did not show up, and that was pretty much the number one problem. Kawhi was not Kawhi last night at all. And, Nikki, can you just imagine being a team and being down 3-1 to one in two series in a row and coming back from both? I mean, if team morale isn't lifted up to the highest of the heavens in sports, well, what else can you say right there? That's incredible, right? Of course it's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, morale has to, you have to, has to go through the roof at that point. How could it not? It's amazing. And you know what? Also, they're doing it with, you know, I don't want to discredit the rest of the team because, look, they're in the in the Western Conference Championship, but they play a two-man game with Jamal Murray and, and Jokic, uh, Damian. So between the two of them, I don't know. Let's see if Anthony Davis and LeBron can handle that. That's another thing. I'm not counting out Denver anymore. I'm really not. So we got Lakers. We got Nuggets. That's happening Friday, I believe. But in the Eastern Conference, we had game one between the Celtics and the Heat. The Heat took game one in overtime by nothing else that I can call but the BAM block. That was one of the best defensive plays that we've seen. Magic Johnson said it was the best defensive play he'd ever seen, including that LeBron block that I was alluding to earlier. But Damian, out of nowhere, Bam out of Bayou and his 25-foot wingspan comes out of nowhere and blocks Jason Tatum at the rim to tie the game with three seconds left. Holy moly Moses, wow. What a play, and game one goes to the Heat. Yes, man. When I tell you, I literally screamed out loud in my house. <laughs> it was <an> SOL. <laughs> Yeah.
going to follow you or they're just going to get out the way because they don't want to get dunked on. And Bam stepped up with that amazing block. I don't wonder how his wrist wasn't broken, the way it had to bend backwards because of the force that Tatum came with on that dunk. Right. Unbelievable, man. A great game. He got to give a big up to Jimmy Butler, too. His big shots have kind of got lost in the wind of that block. But they're not there without Jimmy Butler making some of the most clutch shots we've seen as well. Yeah, I'm really not quite sure how he how he hit that three-pointer. He was, like, off balance. All of a sudden, he just kind of, like, squared up at the end and hit that three. So clutch, like you said. Absolutely. Props to, uh, you know, to Butler and to the Heat and to the Celtics. What a game it was. It was incredible. And we can expect probably six more of those, and we'll see who comes out in the end. So that's the NBA playoffs wrapping that little bubble up right there. But, wow, can't wait to watch the rest of it. Whew, here we go. Anyway, hey, guys, the news that came out earlier today – Big Ten football is going to actually resume uh, toward the end of October. So I don't know what that means for the Pac-12, but they're going to play football. Um, it's coming back, and hopefully COVID will go away. We'll see what happens to that. On to the NFL a little bit. Mitch Trubisky buying himself another week as the starter. Uh, both of you guys' opinions real quick. I mean, between that game yesterday, the, you know, a lot of it was unwatchable, but it seems that Mitch Trubisky toward the end of games, Nikki, sometimes where he's gone for three and a half quarters. If if it's a, if it's a one score game toward the end, he can use his athleticism and his arm to actually win, even though he could be terrible for f- about fifty eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but how much? You know, lightning doesn't always strike twice, so I don't think you can hang your hat on that. But yes. Buying himself some time, playing the Giants this week, so we'll get into my opinions there. Yeah, I'm sure we all have him. Uh, DeAndre (laughs) Hopkins making Texans fans absolutely sick. (laughs) Damien, how about that, man? Look, it's against my team, Damien, but 14 catches, 16 uh, targets, and what, 151 yards? Uh, Yeah, I think he earned his money already in week one. Yeah, nah, it's gonna, everybody's going to point to this game when they talk about that trade that was that dominated the summer with DeAndre Hopkins and also David Johnson. Even though David Johnson looked very good yeah. for the Texans. Um, but, yeah, you 14 receptions, 151 yards, first game out there. You notice that the chemistry is already there. It's going to be even better between him and Kyler Murray. Yeah, those two guys are definitely going to... Yeah, don't say that. Bite your tongue, bro. Bite your tongue, man. All right. (laughs) Uh, Something that, again, this guy continues to amaze me. Adrian Peterson gets signed by the Lions, and he's basically starting already and running through people. He ran for, what, like 91 yards, so unbelievable. Adrian Peterson keeps going and moving up the list on the all-time rushers. The 49ers in desperate need of wide receivers. We signed Mohamed Sanu. I'm hoping to maybe sign Allen Robinson, who also wants out of Chicago. That would be great because we are depleted right now. And speaking of depleted, Richard Sherman's going to be on IR for at least the next four games. Not good. He's got an ankle issue. Uh, Bad news for Damien and the Saints, but Michael Thomas, he's going to miss some time, man. Uh, What's up with that? Yeah, man. It was a play where you kind of saw it coming. He tried to get out the way of the running back falling down after a tackle and just couldn't get out the way in time, and they rolled up on his ankle. I hope he's not out too long. You know, we could probably survive against the Raiders without him, but you definitely don't want to miss him against better teams. No, definitely not. I mean, and you know what? Uh, it was still, you know, Michael Thomas not being involved in the game. They were still able to beat the hell out of the Bucks, and we'll get into that game because uh, the Saints looked looked great. Uh, Chris Godwin, I just heard, is on concussion protocol. 
So I don't know if he's going to play this weekend. If the Bucks can go 0-2, we'll get into their upcoming game. Uh, bad news also for you, uh, Le'Veon Bell placed on IR. I know he was your big comeback guy. Not your fault when you placed on IR, Damian. So what are you going to do with that? And uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, just amazing. Four touchdowns each. Nikki, uh, in our MVP, and especially yours, because you talk about him every second you can. Russell Wilson looked unbelievable. So we'll get more into that game. And look, if you drafted Jonathan Taylor or even Naheem Hines, you've got him off waiver wire. Marlon Mack, unfortunately, out for the season for the Indianapolis Colts, who lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't have my laugh machine over here, but um, I would put it there. We'll do it for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, look, we just started. Um, um, what we're doing is, um, you know, picking games each week. We have our high five, of course. We're going to look back now at week one, what we did pick. Damien won this week. He went 10-6. and six. On the week one picks, Nikki went nine and seven, and my pathetic ass went eight and eight. I'm just happy I wasn't under 500, but it did happen. So what we're going to do now before we get to our new segment, Rewind 5, by my man Damien over here, we're going to have two sentences each, a sentence or two each, about the games that we saw over the weekend, and then we're going to get into the Rewind 5 and break it down a little bit more. So this ought to be fun. Obviously, we don't know, <laughs> we have no idea what each other's going to say, but we're about to get started with it right now. So here we go, third and three podcast, trying something new for the first time over here, and let's see how it works out. So we got two sentences or a sentence each for the games that we saw over the weekend, including Thursday night, which was the Chiefs and Texans. Nikki, you got something for me? Kansas City, Jokes on you, Houston. Yeah, joke, joke is. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Yep, Kansas City looked like, like you said, they didn't miss a beat. Everything is perfect with them. So, uh, perfect statement right there. What about you, Damien? Yeah. Yep, I hear you. A lot of people picking them, and I see why. Uh, mine is, you know, guys, I like to get kind of corny. So I said, Watson needs Sherlock to discover the mystery of the Texans. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire won Rookie of the Year already in that first game. <laughs> he was amazing. Let's go to the next one. We got Titans-Broncos we talked about. That game was sick, guys. Um, I guess I'll go first because um, I'm going to throw up. So let me get it out of the way. The game being on late in the Eastern time zone just made it easier to fall asleep in one of the most boring games of the week. But what the hell is the matter with Vic Fangio? Does he know what a clock is? I have no idea because he just let it go away when Denver could have came back to win the game. Uh, Damien, what the hell? With, what the hell, man? Yeah, I had a similar phrase. Um, snooze going to snooze. Like, that was a definitely <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's exactly what it was. It was total snooze. What do you got, Nikki? Were you asleep before it? What? Yeah, yeah. I'm on East Coast time. Yeah. <laughs> I kept going in and out of sleep with that one. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. Next, we got the Washington football team against Philadelphia Eagles. They beat them 27-17. How the hell about that? Damien, what do you say? 
The, ooh, look at you getting cute with that one. Nice. I like that right there. Very good. Nikki, follow that one up. It's great. I love it. Shows comes out with the goods. All right. Mine is there are a lot of bald Eagles fans as they pulled out their hair watching Philly blow it against a team that has no freaking name. Oh, boy. What a disaster that was. Next one is Jaguars Colts. Jaguars went 27 to 20 over my Colts, so I think you're going to win the AFC South. It's not over yet, but I go with the Jags can win through Minshew. And Colts locker room are saying, did that just really freaking happen? So, uh, yeah, what the hell happened with that game? Nikki, what's yours? Ah, 2020, still weird. It's pretty good. Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. Damien, what's yours? Um, can build a bridge over any river. Oh, look oh, at this guy. Nice. Oh, boom, boom, bam, right there. Nice job. Well done. All right. Here we go. Bears-Lions. Oy, and for those who saw this game, if you're a Lions fan, wow. Ugh, Nikki, kick it off. Yeah, no freaking kidding, right? Uh, I've been speaking of Swift. I put DeAndre swiftly lost the game for the Lions. And how the hell did the Bears score 27 points? So those are my two sentences. What do you got, D? This is why I hate Matt Patricia. <laughs> it's not even the pencil anymore. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, next one. We got a couple more before we get to our rewind five. We have the Raiders winning 34 to 30 over the Panthers in, well, that was unexpectedly entertaining, but nobody watched it. It's like a tree falling in the woods. If nobody's around to hear it, that it actually happened. So a great game that a lot of people missed. Raiders 34 30. What do you say, Nikki? Bridgewater, deep to Robbie Anderson. Nailed it. Yeah. You did nail that one. Good call. You get to brag right there. Well done. All right, D, what's yours? Oh, my sentence for this game was most entertainment that did not entertain. <laughs> yeah. Very similar. There you go. Very similar to me and you got right there. Same exact thought. I like it. All right. Uh, Damien, why don't you take this one? Bills win. Uh, your guy taking a quantum leap. I think he had three touchdown passes. Uh, Josh Allen for the Bills, twenty-seven to seventeen over the Jets. What do you got? Jets cannot fly, but they can pay their bills. <laughs> 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 oh, jeez. What's yours, Nikki? Nobody circles the dream like the Jets. <laughs> That was fantastic. That was good. Reversing it, going to the other team. No one circles to drain like the Jets. That was awesome. That's awesome. Wow. I don't even want to say mine after that. I should have went first. 
That was beautiful. Maybe the best of the day. Very good job. Oh, wow. I wrote um, Buffalo felt bad for the Jets, so they'll let Jamison Crowder catch a touchdown pass. And going to the last one, before we get to our rewind five, we got the Chargers who eked one out against the Bengals, for goodness sake, in Cincinnati, 16-13. to 13. Mine is, welcome to Cincinnati, Joe. This is what happens in the NFL when you're not playing against 15-year-olds anymore. What do you think, Nikki? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, I didn't know it was going to be this good wow you freaking guys are funny all right nikki close it out Oh, the oh, really? Yeah, that was just a very unfortunate move, and we were all trying to tell them through every social media outlet we can find, and nobody listened. Wow, yeah, a lot of uniform changes. That's something else. That might be a map player player coming up sometime soon. We'll see. But uh, let's do Rewind 5, try to get it all into this segment over here. The first game we got over here is Packers-Vikings, which did not go the way Nikki and I thought, but um, Damien, you got this one right, like you won the week. What a high-scoring game. Packers 43, Vikings 34. It shows that the Vikings lost their entire secondary, except for Harrison Smith. Aaron, uh, look, Aaron Rodgers, my fantasy quarterback, four touchdowns. I'm really happy, but I did not see that kind of game coming at all. I see. I saw a close game, and would I have been shocked the Packers won? No. I mean, they did win, but that many points, Nikki? I, that took me by surprise. Yeah, I was definitely a little bit surprised, but Damian called it. He said that Minnesota D just wouldn't be ready yet. But, man, Aaron Rodgers, I told you that. Like, he's got that chip on his shoulder. This is his revenge tour. And who knew they actually had receivers, I guess, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. He is still one bad man. And, listen, I, he, you know what? He is just going to, I think, light it on fire from here on out. Oh, he's so freaking good, and I'm so glad I, I drafted him. He re- He's amazing, really. Damien, you called this one, bro. You have at it. Yeah, one thing that I said going into this game, I wanted to see what Jefferson did for the Vikings of our receiver. Only two receptions for 26 yards. It's not going to cut it when you let go of Stephon Diggs. We know how big of a diva Stephon is, but he did perform and Jefferson had to step into that role. That's one of the reasons their offense struggled at first, and then they exploded in the second half. But, man, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, that combination is dangerous. This guy mentioned Devontae Adams, 14 receptions, 156 yards. Yeah. Unreal. (laughs) Unreal. Unreal. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, man, Green Bay is still a very dangerous team, but we have to see if their offense can keep up this type of yeah, well, they better do better than 34 points. Uh, you know, I know it was on the road in the dome and everything. I understand no fans, whatever, but it is what it is. And the Packers came out on offense, especially looking fantastic. Uh, you know what? The Browns didn't. They scored six points against the Ravens, 38 points. And I'm not shocked, of course, at all that the Ravens won that game. Uh, we all picked them, I believe, and we all have them in the freaking Super Bowl. Uh, but the Browns, only six points. 
you got to show up, guys. You really need to show up and at least show that you're ready to play ball somehow, some way. And the Ravens toyed with them. They had their way. They were like, you know what? Here, J.K. Dobbins, just go take it in the end zone. It's all good. We got no problem. You know, downtown Marquise Brown had another big day. Mark Andrews, my favorite tight end other than George Kittle, always catching touchdown passes. That one he had that he leaped up with the one arm was unbelievable. So, again, the Ravens from top to bottom. And, guys, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted out. I was on Greeny's uh, – uh, I called up uh, Greeny's uh, radio show on ESPN, and I was talking about, you know, the Ravens and just how amazing they are. And forget about how bad the Browns looked. The Ravens look like a 16-0 and team, Damian. Yeah, no, they definitely looked amazing. We talked about it going into the year. They're absolutely stacked on both sides of the ball. And for Cleveland – the Browns played like their color, right? They played <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, me and you, Jason, we tried to believe in this team. And, of course, it's week one. You don't want to overreact. But what did you do during training camp? I understand everybody had a different training camp, and it was not your normal year. But other teams came in looking prepared, looking ready to go. It looked like you guys were in Cleveland eating bonbons, telling stories over the campfire. You definitely weren't getting <laughs> to play football. Baltimore was. So we'll see if Cleveland can adjust going forward, but it does not look good right now. No, it really don't look good right now. It's definitely an issue. Uh, they got a problem there. Nikki, did you want to throw any two cents on this one? I sure do. I really, really do. <laughs> I was going to say, Calais Campbell, like, what a freaking beast this guy is. Like, I just, I can't stand it. What an amazing player. Um, yeah, Ravens soaring into week two. They Browns obviously didn't have the answer for them, and all aboard the <laughs> Baker Mayfield struggle bus. I just don't understand the hype around this team. Like I get it, but every year people are like, "This is the year. This is the year." Really, this ain't the year, okay? And you know what I also love. Beckham, what did you do? You dropped a huge pass, went in the locker room, never to be seen again. I'm going to tell you right now, he gets traded, and I think they should ship him to Miami since he likes being on boats so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I meant when she goes on her rants and she gets hysterical. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I love it. Fantastic. And I want to tell you guys, you know, two things really quick. One, Damien, you should just officially change your name to Calais since you love it so much. And, you know, I, I just think that should be your official name now. Damien Calais Campbell. <laughs> Definitely. But, I feel like I'm not big enough for that name, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're big enough, bro. You're, you're big enough for anything, man. You can handle it. And one other thing, guys, one other thing I want to say about the Browns. You know, I was surprised when they drafted Baker Mayfield first. I thought it was going to be Sam Darnold. Do you guys think if Sam Darnold was the quarterback of the Browns right now that they'd be doing a much better job? I feel like Sam Darnold wouldn't be able to win in either situation. Like I feel like really? no matter where he went, <laughs> he would just be in bad situations. The Browns as an organization are just bad. The Jets as an organization are just bad. Poor Sam Darnold just seems like he didn't have anywhere to go that was going to be a good situation for him. So basically, Nikki, what he's saying is that even if you bring in Johnny United or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, no matter who it is, nobody you can't win in Cleveland. It's impossible. Never going to happen. No, it's, it's impossible. I just, 
come on, you guys, like, you are talking about Quantum Leap. I mean, this team needs to go back in time, forward again, the DeLorean. Like, I, they sure. need to do something. But, like, I got to steal a lot from them to, to believe in them. No, I think if you stick Sam, Sam Darnold there, he still struggles. Like, they just have a fundamental issue within the organization they draft terribly and their coaching staff is constantly turning over there's no consistency and this is what you get what they lousy product they put on the field is what you get you know what guys I, I really hear what you're saying at this point. I really understand. And, you know, it's not that I was like, you know, dumb before this and it's like Cleveland Browns are the greatest organization. No, they're one of the worst in the NFL, but I'm just thinking like, it's finally time to come together, but you guys kept making the point and it seems so far you're right. You know, we're a long way away from it before we get to our first, uh, uh, you know, our first uh, segment over here. And, but it's got to be an organizational thing because, you know, Baker can play. They got all these players. You're right. They don't have any continuity with coaching, nothing like that. So it's a major issue. Maybe they got to get all that stuff straightened out before they even think about putting, you know, any sort of great players on the field and having talent just hopefully come and work out. So, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe Sam Darnold, whoever you want to put there, maybe nobody would succeed. Yeah, that's very interesting. All right, that's a great point by you guys. All right, listen, we're coming back, third and three podcast. We got a few more games to break down before we get into Mount Play, a play which you guys are going to love. We got knowledge with Nikki. We're looking forward to week two. We got fantasy. We got it all coming at you. Next three games are Rams, Cowboys, Seahawks, Falcons, Patriots, Dolphins. Get ready. We're breaking them down, third and three podcast, coming back at you. 60-second break. That's some beautiful stuff right there in the third and three podcast, kicking your ass as we always do it, but in a good way. Nikki, Damian, and Jason in the house, presented by the Sports Column. Also, my man showed the real deal with Damian Adams. We got the 49ers forecast. We'll give you the info for that later on. Did a show yesterday, and I was crying halfway through it with the Cardinals loss. But we're going to get into that game and a few more right now before we get into Mount Player Player. So, here we go. Oh, by the way, it should be said, the reason why we're playing the songs, Nikki, you got to remind an old man the reason why we're playing these songs. The reason why is we're picking songs from the year that we graduated high school. So, this being the year that you graduated high school, Damien, what was it, uh, 2018, a couple of years ago? <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, absolutely not great song no question about it we all love it we were happy when you when you picked it freaking put that in there me i had to go with Aaliyah. i graduated in 1998 nikki will give hers away if she wants to her being a woman will give her a pass if she wants to not go with the age thing that's up to her but yeah given the <laughs> 1998 so i went with Aaliyah, and that's why you heard it and may she rest in peace god i oh i had a big big time crush on her and who didn't right if you're a man oh my goodness wow yeah. All right, back in. <laughs> I had some girls I had a crush on. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, she she really was. She was just she was beautiful to look at, beautiful to listen to, a great person. And, you know, just tragedy. You know, and unfortunately, it reminds me of Kobe Bryant with the plane uh, thing and the helicopter, whatever. Either way, it just. Uh, it's amazing when you lose just incredible people like that. And we know they're still around. I believe in that sort of stuff. They're not gone. They're just somewhere else right now and they're doing their thing and they got their eye on us. So it's all good. And that's why we always pay respect to these guys and gals who unbelievable music, unbelievable talent. They deserve it. We love them and we thank them and we appreciate it. So before we get all teary eyed over here, let's keep going with the rewind five. We did the Packers Vikings, we did the Ravens Browns. Now we're up to the Rams and Cowboys um, yep, had the Rams in this. Did we all have the Rams in this game? Uh, no, I think I picked Dallas in this one. That, I think I took Dallas, too. Oh, I think this is actually – right. That's I think this is the one game that I actually won where you two didn't pick the same one. I think it's the one of them. So, yeah, with my 8-8 eight and eight record. I did have the Rams winning this game. Um, I just thought that uh, – wait, did I have the Rams winning? Either way, they won 20-17 to 17 in L.A. That's the most important thing. And they look great to start off with, you know um, – you know, not necessarily in the running game, obviously. They tried, you know, to keep it open, obviously, because they want Cooper Cup and Robert Woods to get their thing done. And Robert Woods looked great. I drafted him in like half my fantasy leagues, guys. So uh, I'm very happy with the way that the offense was looking to begin with. But then Dallas started to get a hold of it and understand what was going on. They scored a few points, got really, really tricky there toward the end where Jalen Ramsey was kind of hanging on to Michael Gallup's arm a little bit. Could have been called an offensive pass interference. It wasn't. That could have been the game right there. And what you get is a Rams 20-17 to victory in a very entertaining Sunday night game. I enjoyed watching it. So I'm not happy that they won, um, obviously, because they're in the NFC West. But, Nikki, the Rams pulled it out, and I'm sure you're happy that the Cowboys lost. Oh, man, let me tell you, a Dallas loss is right there that that's very important yeah the offensive line um yeah a little bit of problems over there I mean look we're talking about Aaron Donald obviously and you need two or three guys to block him but still point well taken good job and uh, by the way I just did check um yes I did pick the Rams actually so I pulled that one out of nowhere I got lucky on that one Damian 20 to 17 Rams in LA do you think that they're for real this year? Because um, you know they were only they were nine and seven last year, which is obviously not bad. But that Super Bowl hangover thing we talk about, but they still got a pretty good team, especially if they figure out a running game. Yeah, no, they definitely have talent. I don't know if they're for real though. We have to see more of it, and I guess a team that's going to be more consistent than the Cowboys will be. Well, I mean, you mentioned the offensive line, Nikki. Aaron Donald, there was a play where he bum-rushed and knocked two of them down at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely nuts what he's able to do. So maybe the offensive line will look better when they're not going against monsters like that. But they still have to deal with, you know, the monsters in Philadelphia and that Washington defensive line um, that looked crazy good against Philadelphia. So they have some other teams to deal with that they may struggle against. So that play was a good call. 
you got to give Jalen Ramsey credit for his acting job when that big officer passed. Yeah. He definitely sold that. And that was the difference in the game, honestly. So I think that the Rams, we both have more to see about both these teams to see if they're going to be legit or not. But it was a, a good game between teams who both have talent there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this could be uh, two playoff teams very, very possibly. And without a tie, one's got to win, one's got to lose. We have 16 teams that won, 16 that lost. So it's only one game, and we got more to come on that. Um, Yeah, let's go to our next one. Uh, We have Seattle, 38 against the Falcons, 25 in Atlanta. And, Nikki, I'm going to throw it to you first because you've been on it since day one. And I'm with you. I'm kind of riding your coattails with this one. I picked Russell Wilson as my MVP also, but you've been saying it forever. No MVP votes this year. Look, four touchdowns. I mean, it, with, without without even a running game in this game, Nicky, you know, he was able to throw two touchdown passes to Chris Carson even. He does everything. He's incredible. The defense did a good job. 25 points is really not what the Falcons scored. It was more like 11, to be honest with you. So Seattle looked great coming out the gate, Nicky. Yes, I, MVP. I mean, I say it every damn week. It is criminal. This guy has gotten no votes. And you know what else is criminal? This goddamn O-line is trying to get him killed. The fact that he can do what he does behind the shoddy O-line, like, that is amazing to me. I, I just, I, I mean, he played like an MVP. And if you can't see that, there's no help for you. Turn the games off. And Jamal <laughs> Adams, that debut went about just as expected. So, yeah, I, that's all I really got. I, this man has got to get some votes this year. Oh, yeah. Well, so far, him and Aaron Rodgers are uh, neck and neck with that one. No doubt about it. So, Damian, uh, we talked about Seattle a lot, you know, during the offseason, of course. And I'm sure you're extremely happy with the outcome of this game, being the Falcons losing. And uh, you hope to see a lot more of that. But more of the focus has been on the Seahawks and what they did in this game. So give me your synopsis. Yeah, no, you guys are definitely right about Russell Wilson. He was incredible. Only four incompletions. Uh, you mentioned Jamal Adams. You know, we all talked about how much Seattle gave up in that trade for him, but he is worth every penny, if not more. <laughs> Looking at that game, look at the Jets should ask for 17 draft picks. To give up Jamal Adams, man, because he's, he's a monster. And, of course, when it comes to Atlanta, I just got one thing to say. To see them losing this way. And, of course, they put up the crazy stats. Like, if you own any of the fancy receivers, like I own Julio Jones in our league, it's amazing, right? He put up these incredible stats. They had three receivers over 100 yards. They still only get 25 points, just like Atlanta, to do such things, right? And they're going to be yep. doing this all year, that- getting great stats, but losing, like the Falcons do. That's the Falcon way. Woo! My man's on fire. <laughs> Look at him come at it right there. Damn, I love it. Oh, it's going to be nice to finally win a week for the 49ers so I can have this enthusiasm as well. It'll feel really good. Jeez. Yeah, what's that like? Yeah. <laughs> well, one team that knows what it's like for a really, really long time with one guy, with Tom Brady. They got a new man under center, and it looked all the same to me, except for the way they were running their plays. 15 rushes, 15 for Cam Newton, whether they were designed or not, whatever it may be. He looked great. Patriots win 21-11 to against the Miami Dolphins up in New England. 
And you know what? The defense, fantastic. Yes, I know it's Miami. You can say what you want about them. But the Patriots were in total control. And while Cam wasn't throwing the hell out of the ball, he was very, very accurate and making very, very good decisions. I was very impressed by the way he played. Again, with not much help at all. You know, he had James White back there who was helping him out a lot a little bit. Julian Edelman did his thing. But uh, the Patriots, look, Bill Belichick's still the coach, Damian, and Cam Newton, your guy, comeback player of the year, look pretty freaking damn good to me. Yeah, Nikki definitely called it on him being comeback player of the year. I'm sorry, Nikki called that. My bad, my bad. That's right. But I did draft Cam Newton in our fantasy league, so I'm definitely going to take some credit for that as well. And for Cam... For me, I wasn't more impressed with the carries. I was more impressed with how the ball looked coming out of his hands. Like, that was a big thing with him was the shoulder surgeries, right? And how would he look throwing the ball, and the ball was coming out of his hand like it was mad. Like, it was coming out with some steam to it, and he definitely looked very good throwing the ball, running the ball as well. New England's defense looked really good, and some people are going to say, oh, it's just Miami, but Miami didn't play bad to me. They just got outplayed by a better team. I think Miami is going to be a team that's going to surprise people this year. They have a good defense. Offensively, they do have some weapons there. Um, they threw some interceptions. Just Patrick's going to do that. But it also, the secondary for New England was just in excellent position at all times. That's yeah. why Gilmore is amazing. When you watch him play cornerback, I don't know how he knows the route, but he literally will run the route before the receiver does. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's crazy to see him do that. New England's going to be a team to be reckoned with, and that's why I'm so excited for one of our high five games that we're going to talk about later with him in Seattle. Ah, nice tease right there. Nice tease. Before I go to Nikki with this one, yeah, Stefan Gilmore. It's you know, you know, like those iguanas, you know, where they can you know have one eye look this way and another eye look you know completely the other way, and it that that's what that's what he is basically. He's got one eye on the quarterback and one eye on the on the receiver, so he knows exactly what's going on. Stephon Gilmore, absolutely right there. And Nikki, my apologies because I know that you picked Big Ben, uh, Damian, correct for comeback player of the year. Yeah, Nikki, my yeah. So my apologies. Again, so far, great call on Cam being the comeback player of the year. And you know what? Big Ben didn't look too bad. We didn't get into that game either. And we're, and we're going to, obviously. So, excellent start for Cam Newton and the Patriots. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, no. I mean, campaign officially started. Cam looked nice out there. Accurate. And he was having a blast. Do you see his outfit and his press press, uh, press <laughs> I mean, I just, I gotta watch to see what Cam's gonna wear. I love it. Listen, I told you guys, you don't count out the Patriot way. So, Buffalo, I know, we said no excuses, but here comes Cam and Bill Belichick and that Patriots defense. They're gonna give you, they, they hey, listen, they want their Hold on to their title. They're not going to give it up so easily. Absolutely right. Absolutely. And that's what champions do. You you nailed it right in the head right there. Absolutely. So good job. That's our Rewind 5. That's going to be a weekly segment, no doubt. But we wanted to get into the three games, each of our teams. We're going to do that real quick. And then we got Mount Play. A player coming up for you guys. So we got a lot more action. So here we go. Let me just start it off with the Cardinals and Niners because I don't want to say too much. Because basically to me, guys... I'm really not worried. And going into the game, I figured, I said, you know what? The Cardinals can beat us. It's week one. They got D-Hop. We already went over all of his stats. He destroyed us. 
Kyler Murray, very hard to sack. We got to him a couple of times, and, and that was great. He rushed the ball for 91 yards. So the 49ers' big problem, and a big problem for any defense, is mobile quarterbacks. When they can get outside the pocket and make things happen, either with their arm or with their legs, you're going to have a problem. So you got to change the way you play defense against these certain types of quarterbacks. The 49ers, as great as they are, their front four, you know, and they rush with their front four. Kyler Murray is a different sort of cat, just like Russell Wilson. You're not going to sack him much. You're not going to get to him, and he's going to keep getting better. So to break it all down, guys, what really happened is there's no Debo Samuel. There was no Brandon Ayuk missing other players in the secondary. Richard Sherman got hurt. George Kittle got hurt during the game. So I'm more worried about our players and their injuries as opposed to the outcome of that game. So I know they're going to do better. And they need to run more. Jarek McKinnon got back in after two years, even got in the end zone. Raheem Mostert had a beautiful touchdown where his top speed was like 22 miles an hour. Unbelievable. So the things I saw out of them in the beginning of the game is what I expect to see throughout the year. And the Cardinals, yeah, they beat us and they are a team on the rise. And Damian, the NFC South, an amazing division, the NFC West, maybe even just as good, man. So that game right there, I'm not freaking out. I want to get our guys back. But the one thing I'm happy about, and no offense, Nikki, is that we're going to the Northeast for two back-to-back games against the Jets and the Giants. So I'm praying with the Narnas being a good road team to come back home with two wins. So that's why I'm not bugging out about the game. That's how I'm going with it. That's my synopsis of the 49ers and the Cardinals. The final score, 24-20. to um, they had their chance tonight at the end with three minutes left. Didn't make it happen. Jimmy G is not the greatest quarterback in the world. We all know that. So there you go. Let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks in the New Jersey, New York area. All right. Um, Nikki, your team is the only other team between the three of us that lost. So we're going to save Damian for last and let him have his glory. But the Giants showed me a couple of things on Monday Night Football. You go ahead and elaborate. Tell me what you thought. couple dimes, a dime, 19 freaking plays, and then you just do an Eli special, throw it up to God knows what and who, <laughs> and just to be intercepted. I mean, talk about just heartbreaking. But you know what, guys? I am a tired Giants fan. Like, all, you know, some Mondays, all I've been hearing is like, oh, we got to build on the positives. Looks like Jason Garrett might be a good fit for Danny Dimes. Yeah, maybe, but I'm sick of this O-line. We haven't had a good O-line since 07. If I had to hear one more commentator say, oh, if you give the quarterback time to execute, well, no shit. We don't have right <laughs> We've been getting for 14, 15, 16 years. What do you expect? I'm tired of the offensive line. It is absolute trash. The run blocking is hard. You are wasting, wasting the talent of Saquon Barkley. Evan Ingram needs to wake up. This dude, I think, got drafted taking a nap. He has been sleepwalking for <laughs> freaking years. The secondary has been an issue forever. Okay? So you know what? Yeah, they're positive. But I don't feel good. I don't feel good at all. Do I think we're going to go into Chicago and win? Nope. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just, uh, what mm. can you build on? I mean, yeah, all right, little flashes here and there. But truthfully, I'm sick of it. Same shit, different season. Mm, Nikki, oh, 
God, I hear you. I, I know what that's like from the Niners having their problems in the mid-2000s and things like that. So I know where you're coming from going into a week where you're playing a team like the Chicago Bears even and not having confidence that you're going to win that game. It's it's rough. But you know what? I think that I think that the Giants have a lot of bright spots. And if they can get it together on defense, like you said, that'll be really important and they'll be a better team. So let's see. It's week one. It was against Big Ben and a much better Pittsburgh team. We'll see what happens in week two, week three, week four, and so on. But Damian, the floor is yours, man. The game of the week, Saints versus Bucks. The Saints 34, the Bucks 23. Tom Brady, a couple of interceptions. Uh, Drew Brees doing his thing, looking pretty good without a healthy Michael Thomas. Talk to me about the game. Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Oh. said um it's very hard to argue with any of that they look like a totally complete team um again i know that tom brady and the bucks you know brand new and everything like that but you know what it is what it is they 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 did what they set out to do they won that game big week one victory could mean things down the season and when the bucks get their stuff together percentages and stuff like that so big win for your saints they play monday night against the las vegas raiders Without Michael Thomas, we'll see what happens in that game. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders got in the end zone, so I'm happy for him. I've always been a big fan of his wherever he's been, especially with the Niners last year. So that was our teams. That was last week. That was week one. We want to get into week two. We got a lot more for you guys. But before we do that, we want to get into Mount Player Players. So you know how we do on Mount Player Player, guys. We have our segments where we pick our top four, You know whether it's quarterback-coach duos or um, you know, best wide receivers of all time or best, whether it's movie soundtracks or anything like that. We mix it up and have a great time with this one. This time, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to have two positives and two negatives. So two positive, two negative statements for what happened in week one. So I assume, like always, we may have a couple of the same ones over here. So uh, hopefully we all have a few backup 
have a few backups, but there were a lot of positives and a lot of negatives coming out of week one. So let's get to it right now. Let's start off with Nikki. How about you give us one of your positives from week one that you saw that you really liked? Well, Damien, I, I don't need to say anymore. I, I love Mark Andrews, and you know that. I've been talking about him since the three of us you know, got together as a team over here. Mark Andrews is, again, not my favorite tight end because of George Kittle, but that guy is Lamar Jackson's safety blanket. doubt about it no doubt all right i like it i like it all right damien let's get one of your positives in there Yep, I'm with you all the way with that, man. Look, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan, Nikki. Uh, you know, same way with Mark Andrews. I love the way he plays. I know he's not the best quarterback and the most accurate, but I just love him as a football player. So I, I love that pick right there. No, no arguments there. All right. So, yeah, let, no. yeah, I was, yeah that's what I want to, I wanted to hear your opinion about that. No, no arguments there. I, I hope he continues on his quantum leap for Damian. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. We're, we're all pretty high on the bills this year. No doubt about it. All right. Let me get to one of my positives for the day. And um, you know what? I'm going to say this. The Jaguars played like a real team. You know, things weren't going their way in the beginning of the game, obviously. They don't have a whole lot of talent out there. The guys that are on the field know that this organization is not in it to win it now. But they came together as a team and won. They were home. They had a few fans there, yes, yeah, so or maybe they rallied behind them, whatever it is. But the fact that they were able to get it done, DJ Chark is somebody that we need to keep our eyes on as a wide receiver. And again, Gardner Minshew, I really like his play. So they were able to overcome the Colts and make plays toward the end of the game to win for a team that all of us said could, you know, obviously be the worst team in the entire league. Well, they get a win, game one of the season. And I just love the fact that they said, screw everything. We're out here to play football. Let's come together and win. What do you think about that, Damien? Yeah, that's a great take. Uh, Jacksonville, like, like Nikki said, is just showing how weird 2020 is because they're definitely not built to win. 
Um, but maybe they were born to win. And that's mm. what Minshew looks like he might be one of those guys that just leads you to victory. He had an awesome game. And if you're a Colts fan, you got to feel bad about losing to Minshew and the guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely got to hurt, Nikki, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, the Jaguars, surprisingly, you know, put together 27 points, I think it was. So, good for them, right? Yeah, good for that scrappy little team they got out there. Hey, you can't count on teams when their backs are against the wall and people don't give them credit for anything, you know? So, yeah. good for them. Yep, no doubt about it, no doubt. Um, all right, let's snake this around. Um, let's. I'm going to do one of my negatives now that I think we probably all have. So, if we do... That's all right, because we got plenty of backups. And that's got to be Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, at the end of the Monday night football game, the last game of week one, where the play clock just kept running and running as Denver has the lead by a point, allowing Tennessee to go down the field and use their timeouts when they needed to. They got in the field goal range, despite Goskowski having a horrible day kicking he couldn't kick a field goal to save his life. Besides that, the point is, is that this is a chip shot. It's the NFL. They're moving the ball. And for him not to take a timeout to give his team, his offense, a chance to come back and just kick a field goal at mile high where it's easier to kick a field goal than anywhere and your field goal kicker can get the job done. That was the worst coaching job of the week. Not managing the play clock at all, not giving his team a chance, and really just praying that Tennessee would screw up. That was not head coaching, and I love Vic Vangio, but he's still got a lot of learning to do for a guy who's been in the league for like 35 years. So, Damian, that one freaked me out, man. Yeah, now you definitely make a great point about the lack of time management there. We've seen it for years with other coaches. We know Andy Reid was synonymous with bad time management for years. But winning the championship tends to make you forget about that. So hopefully True. one day Denver can do that and we won't be having these conversations about Fangio. Well, I hope so. I hope so because I'm definitely a fan of his. But, Nikki, um, you know, I know, again, it was a late game, but they had plenty of time. All Denver had to do was call timeouts, you know, try to keep Tennessee at bay, get the ball back and try to go down for a win with a minute left or whatever it may be. And Vic Fangio never gave him a chance. So that's what really upsets me. Yeah, that clock management will kill you every time. But um, thank you for the recap because I for sure was asleep. Yeah, it was a late one. It was a late one. Believe me, my eyes were fluttering. There's no doubt about it. My eyes were fluttering. I'm like, stay awake, please. I need to know. I want to know what happens. Please stay awake. Oh, man. Third and three, having a great time over here. We're doing now play a player little positive, little negative. We're going to come back with a couple of negatives from Damian and from, of course, Nikki. And we got it more. We're going to keep rolling them out player player. We got knowledge with Nikki coming up. We got fantasy and week two. So hang in there. Third and three podcast back in 30 seconds. Yeah, third and three. We are back. That's what's going on. We got Nelly in the house. Why we got Nelly in the house, Nikki? What's the deal? Shout out, Wednesday, Dallas, and Chill. 
Oh, yeah, this is, oh, forget about it. Yeah, I, we were just talking off air for a brief moment. I'm huge, huge Nelly fan. Love country grammar, no doubt. So did Damien. Great stuff. Damien, what, what, what was that that you said about it? What, what was that great statement? I like it. I never heard that before today, so that is very interesting. My man, he's so smart, witty. He may have graduated high school. He is. I mean, he, that, he is. He's the coach. That's... He could think just like that. We only got 40 seconds in between in between plays, and bam, he's right there. He's ready to go with the play every time. I love it. I love it. We are continuing our Mount Player Play action. I just had my last, well, my first negative, I should say, so we're going to go back to Damian and then to Nikki. Uh, my last one, Vic Fangio with the play clock. What a disaster Monday night against the Denver Broncos. He, uh, uh, Denver Broncos against Tennessee Titans, excuse me. Tennessee getting the win on the road, 16-14, never even gave his team a chance. So that was a big problem. Damien, you got a negative one for me? Yes, my negative is Matt Patricia. Yeah, <laughs> big surprise. <laughs> You're not going to be able to win with a guy who has a pencil in his ear when that's going to write on him. <laughs> You're not going to be working with that, okay? <laughs> and how has he not learned his lesson from last year? So if you go back to week one of last season, you're playing against Arizona, they're up by 20 in the fourth quarter. They let Arizona come back and end up in a tie. This time, they're up by a bunch of points, and they end up losing in week one. You don't learn from your previous mistakes. This is how this happens. You let Mitch Trubisky, the guy who we all just are questioning if he's, if he's even an NFL quarterback at this point, you let him come back and look like Steve Young. <laughs> and let those guys win. Now, of course, the rookie... Swift, you know, horrible mistake dropping the ball, taking his eye off the ball there, literally in the last second after Stafford hit him right in the numbers. But it should have came down to that. It shouldn't have, you were up comfortably. There's no way you should have let the Bears come back and win that game. So Matt Patricia, he might be my negative each and every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, right, Nikki, we should have seen that one coming. But you know what? It's warranted because you're right. They had the lead. You know, they, they were comfortable. They were in control of the game, it seemed like, the whole time. And then the Bears all of a sudden won the game. I'm like, how how did that happen? So, yep, you have to blame that on the coaching a lot. Yeah, you got to put some onus on the players, of course, but – the coaching, the pencil, big problem. I don't know. Maybe he should get a Sharpie. I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. All right, Nikki. Let's uh, let's get negative over here. What do you got? What? The kicking. The kicking. Yes. Terrible. Yes. Oh, like a nasty aside. I know we're going to get better as we go along, but, like, the kicking just really stood out to me, and I am sorry. The kicker pulled a hamstring and, like, a, the calf muscle. And the, what are you do? Are you stretching? Like, <laughs> get thyself to yoga. I mean, like, what? There's no hope for the rest of us if the kicker is going to pull a hamstring. I mean, he just went right down. Like, I was just like, <laughs> do we do off-season workouts? Like, this should not happen. That was one of my negatives, the kicking, the um, hamstring, and the lack of conditioning, really. You are never, ever going to get an argument from me with that. I hate kicking in the NFL. I wish they would abandon it. Pro- prohibition all the way. I despise <laughs> kicking in the NFL. <laughs> I am with you 100%. I, I, I'll never disagree with that one. Damien, what do you think? 
yeah, no, it was definitely a great point. Reason that it's a negative. And the thing is with the kickers, now the kickers are more athletic, so you would think that they would know to stretch and do all these things because a lot of these kickers played other positions growing up. So they should be more than ready to play and just do one job. So that's the thing that kills me with the dude who pulled all his leg muscles. Why you didn't stretch the one thing that you normally use? Right. That's all you're there for. Unbelievable. Unreal. Ah, Nikki, snake it up. Come back with your choice, either another negative or a positive. Your call. Yes, that is one thing that definitely gives me comfort. We have the Jets next week. I don't care if it snows, hails, whatever, you know, we got them. I'm with you. So thank you for that one. Definitely in total agreement right there. All right, Damien, she went positive. You going to go positive? Yeah, I'll keep the positive train going. And for my positive, I just want to go with the presentation of the NFL. I thought that they did a good job as far as coming out with no preseason and we saw some sloppy play, but also saw some good play. We saw some play where it was like, okay, it seems like these guys really came ready. And it makes me question if we need preseason at all going forward. Mm-hmm. Like having a year with no preseason, the guys come out week one. Of course, you had your kicking. You had, you know, the the clank off the upright sounds really loud with no fans. That's one thing I know. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> That's right. Um, there's something that when the teams came out and played this well in week one, it wasn't like extremely, extremely sloppy to the point of being unwatchable. Just for a few games that were bad. But most of the games were good games to watch. So that's one of my positives. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, they did a, they did a great job all around. And, you know, I like that they had end racism in the end zone. I like the team unity. I know there was some backlash from it, but, you know, no reason to get into that right now. Team unity is what I'm all about. And unity together as a people is what I'm all about. So, no reason to go into negative stuff with that. That's positive action right there. I'm with it all the way. So my turn now for a little positive action. I'm going to double it up with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Everybody talks about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Well, you know what? Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson had the best games as quarterbacks in the NFL in week one, and they're not gone, and they're MVP candidates, and they're going to be able to take their teams to the playoffs. I did not pick Green Bay to go to the playoffs. As of now, they look like one of the best teams in the NFC. So I'm giving it up to those two guys, four touchdown passes each, no interceptions, totally, totally took control of each game that they were in respectively, won each game. What more can you say? So Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, guys, total positive, awesome, love it, and I expect to see that all year from both of them. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that both those quarterbacks will be in the MVP conversation, and you guys might be right. Maybe it won't be Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it will be Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, see, Nikki, there we go. So far, so good, right? But not that Patrick Mahomes had a bad game by any means. I mean, he was, he's still Patrick Mahomes, so – Got a lot more to go with that. All right. I got my one negative, the last one for me. Negative, I got a couple of picks over here, but um, 
I think I'm really just going to go with the way the Browns didn't play, and I'm not going to get into it much because we dissected the game before. To not show up at all and to put on a non-performance like that, I don't. I know you're playing Baltimore, and to me, they're the best team in the NFL. That's all well and good, but 38 to six opening day, new team ready to go, fired up, and you come out like a freaking dud. Come on, man. That's no good. And again, like you said, that comes from the top of management all the way down to the last player on the roster. What a total disappointment for even for a guy like me who said, no, they're not a Super Bowl team. But yeah, I think they're going to the playoffs this year. They don't look like a playoff to me team right now, guys. So that's my last negative. Uh, Damian, how about yours? So for my last negative, got to go to Philadelphia. Mm. How do you let the Washington football team or Washington no names? How do you let them come back after you have them down seventeen zero? And not only do you let them come back, but you just stop playing football. Like you're up seventeen zero, and you lose twenty seven to seventeen. You let Wits get sacked eight times. Eight. That is <laughs> it's just absolutely just unacceptable from Philadelphia team who was going to be somebody that we thought could contend for the division. Now we just don't know, but yeah, that's definitely unacceptable. Negative is the whole Philadelphia organization right now. <laughs> you are absolutely right, man. And that, I get, that was on my list too. And I'm glad that you said it because to have a lead like that and then to fall asleep basically in the second half and let Washington no name team come and beat you down like that at the end. Yeah. Really amazing. And credit to you, Nikki, how you called about that defensive line, whether it's the defensive line of Washington or the offensive line, of the Eagles, and it's probably a combination of both major issues over there. So great call. Great call. And Nikki, we got your last negative before we get into knowledge with Nikki. Yes. Damien, thank you for pointing out how trash Philly is. I do appreciate it. So my last negative, we already talked about it, so not much needs to be said, but my last one is the Hopkins trade as we all thought it would be. Mm, absolutely. Yep, I felt it pretty hard this weekend. There's no doubt about it. Gosh, 14 grabs, 151 yards. Yep, we can expect to see that a lot this year. And no, it's got to make Texans fans absolutely sick. Really, really sick. Well, let's see if we can keep our health over here with knowledge with Nikki. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital. Say what? Okay. Here we go. And you know what time that means. It's knowledge with a Nikki Tricky. Here we go. I love it. You... <laughs> Obviously not. The crap that comes out of my mouth. Jeez. It's amazing. Sometimes I feel like I do need a filter, but thank God I can control it. Anyway, here it is. It is Knowledge with Nikki time. We never know what she's got in store, but we can't wait for it. Damien and I are on the hot seat right now, and we are ready to roll. It is Knowledge with Nikki time, the best time of the week for sure. We are ready to go, Nikki. It is your show. Oh, I like that. All right, guys, so we're going to get a little weird and random. And, you know, I like a good theme. So, Jay, you graduated in 98. Damien, you graduated in 08. So I got four questions for you each, but we're going to flip it. So I got some 1998 trivia and 2008 trivia, but you're not getting your own years. So 
Look, look at you, very, she, unbelievable, <laughs> sneaky, tricky, Nikki, always, never a surprise, unbelievable. Uh, you know what? I believe it is my turn this week. I do go first. Okay. So I am All ready right, to so roll. Yeah, here we, we go. 2008, here we go. Oh, oh, I definitely know this. Okay. Um, if you're good at something. I, I mean, okay. Um, give me a sec. I definitely know it. Oh, man. This, oh, God. I definitely know it. I don't want to take up too much time. And the quote is one more time. Picture the whole thing. Uh, if you could, it's like a show. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, it's something never do it for free. Picture it saying it. Um, all right, I got to pass, unfortunately. Damn. Wait. Oh, oh, good call. Okay, okay. My brain was not going that way. All right, good question. Very fair. All right, you ready? Number two, ready? Yes. Okay, on April 1st, 2008, what was YouTube's April, April's Fool's Joke to all of its viewers? Oh, my God. April 1st, 2008. What was its joke to all its viewers? Yeah, what was the April Fool's joke? This, this is going to be hard. Um, 2008 April Fool's joke to all the viewers. It's got to be... Um, I'm going to take kind of a guess here and say that Something like Facebook will be shut down? No. Okay. Do you want to try? Uh, was it that you have to pay for the site? No. They rickrolled them. They rickrolled? Rickrolled, you know? So they re- you guys never got rickrolled? They're never going to give you a music video? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I see. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Now. All right, all right, damn. I gotta get better with my memory. My memory stinks. Okay, what was the cost of a Super Bowl ad in 2008? Woo! All right, I don't know my, uh, what do you call it, um, you know, parameters are here of how much, but how much was the Super Bowl ad in 2008? And it didn't specify 30 seconds a minute or anything like that? No. Okay. Uh, I would say 1.5 million. No. Danny, you want to try to steal? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go 2.5. I 
I would like to get that to Danny, and if I can, there's 2.7. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he definitely gets it. All right, Danny, you got one. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Nice, right, Damien. Jay, here we go. Last one for you. Okay. In 2008, what state became the last state to ban cockfighting? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a this is a total guess. Kentucky. All right. You want to try? This sounds like a total Florida thing to have cockfighters took about me. No, it is a total Louisiana thing. Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's your neck of the woods, man. All right. So Damien's got one, and I got a freaking goose egg over here. I got to hope for some steals. I'll go with some sort of educated guess. Um, is it Britney Spears? Oops, I did it again. It is not. Mm. It is Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, uh, okay. 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 Didn't know that. Didn't know that. No, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I took 40 Xanax before the show. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yeah, guess. That's a good guess. good guess. I was definitely thinking. I'm trying to stay away from like the definites, um, but '98 was there any anybody like blow up then? Um, I, you know what? Because I don't know, and I certainly as hell don't pay attention to this sort of stuff. So I'll just go with Brad Pitt. No, it's Harrison Ford. Really. Oh, good for him. Good for him and his old ass. Way to go, Harrison. All right. Yeah, right. Good for the old heads out there. All right, D, number three, coming at you. What was the name of the horse that won the Kentucky Derby in 1998? Oh, wow. I am so bad with that stuff. Um, Yeah, 1998. Wow. There's only a few horses I know, and those are the ones that, like, got close to the Triple Crown. I'm trying to think if that's one of those years. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the Gambler. No. Uh, Jenny, you want to try? Yeah, I'm with Damien. I only know a few. I had one in my mind that I realized you said 1998, right? Yeah. I'm Cigar? Ah. Real quiet, real quiet. Oh, real quiet. Okay, I remember the horse's name. I wouldn't have got it, but remember the name. All right. 
Cool. I'm trying to put myself where I was working and I, I I think he's pretty close. I think it was something around I have to give an exact number. I have two numbers in my head. I'm I'm gonna say five thirty four. I was gonna say five I should have went with five eighteen. Five eighteen was my other guess. All right. I, I, I would have taken that with a half a point. Damn. All right. Good job. Good job. Love it. Knowledge with Nikki. Once again, kicking our butts over here. Like I say, we never know what angle she's coming from, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I love the theme this week. I love the opposite year thing. It was really good. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that. You see, that? that's why she comes up with it. We, we have no idea. It's like, all right, knowledge with Nikki. Here we go. We never know what we're getting, but I like that there. Yeah, you guys I think- are really like good sports. Like you really, really are. You have fun with it, and no one takes it. Well, Jay takes. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, really I don't get mad at you guys. I get mad at myself. So at least take that. I, I got good sportsmanship qualities. At least I think once in a while. <laughs> so that is the knowledge with Nikki. Loving that right there. Let me see how we're doing on time. What we can get in. Um, you know what? I would love to do it. We do have time. I'd love to get our fantasy draft in right now. And just to let you guys know about the fantasy draft that we did where we all pick one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, and we can't use them for the rest of the year, is that Nikki did win last week. She beat Damian and myself. So we're looking for a little redemption over here, Damian. We're going to have to take her down. She thinks she's tough right now, especially with knowledge with Nikki. So, you know, got to work on this over here. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you know what, Damien? I'm going to let you have the first one over here. We're going to do quarterbacks first, obviously. We can't use who we've used before. It's only been week one. Uh, last week, you had who, Damien? I picked Jimmy Garoppolo last week. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm glad I can't use him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well said, my friend. Well said. All right. Well, who are you going to go with this week? Yeah, thanks for lying. Now I got to root for you. Jesus, Christmas over here. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Nikki, you're the winner, so you have to go last. That's the way the rules are. I just made them up, okay. so go with it. All right. <laughs> it just came to my mind. I'm like, yeah, that's a good way to get back out of her change. All right, here we go. Um, based off of what Russell Wilson did to Atlanta last week, I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. So I'm going to take Prescott for my quarterback this week. All right, Nikki, it's your turn. Quarterback, and then you get to come back with running back. Uh, all right, quarterback. I am going with Josh Allen. Um, 
Score 28.2 fantasy points. I know it was over the Jets, but, yeah, they got the Dolphins, and I think it's just going to kind of be more of the same. So I'm going Josh Allen. Okay, okay. All right, hit or miss with him. He's the he's the 50%er, but the quantum leap could take place, Damien. You never know. Nikki, snake it up. You're running back. Who do you got this week? Snake it up. Your boy, Raheem Mostert. Uh, that's who I'm running this week. He's coming off. A big game, um, and you guys are going up against the Jets, and yeah. they allowed 22 fantasy points to the Bills, but if you factor in Josh Allen's rushing, that's like 33 fantasy points, so I'm looking for a big game this week. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Bring it on. Bring on the mostert. The more mostert, the better. I'll take it all freaking dang. All right, cool. <laughs> Running backs. Let's see who we got. Um I don't want to double up over there. I like to do different teams, you know, mix it around a little bit. So running backs, um, let's see. Again, matchups are very important, but, again, that doesn't always say everything. So let's go with, I think, based off of four touchdowns again from Green Bay last week, they're playing Detroit this week, and I think that they're going to be able to run the crap out of the ball and maybe even a few catches out of the backfield from my man Aaron Jones. I'm going to take it running back. So that's my guy right there this week. Damien, you're running back, and then snake it around with the wide receiver. I really struggle with running back this week because I asked my who I want to pick, but I don't want to lose him for the rest of the year. That's what makes this so interesting. But yep. I'm going to go ahead and pick him now. I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara against Vegas. I think he's going to have a big week. No Michael Thomas. I think we're going to run the ball a lot more this week. Alvin Kamara had two touchdowns last week. I see another two coming against Vegas. Okay, okay. I definitely like that pick. That's very solid. It makes sense. We did see Latavius Murray get his fair share of carries, but we know that Kamara is the playmaker on that team right there. All right, bro. Uh, wide receiver. So for my wide receiver, I'm going to go with your guy going against Philadelphia, Robert Woods. Oh, okay. Okay. Good call. And that game is in Philadelphia, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, it's in Philly. Yep, game is in Philly. All right, so Robert Woods, yeah, he could definitely do his thing. So um, as long as pretty good weather, I, I like your chances in that one, definitely. All right, nice pick right there. All right, so far, pretty good lineup. It's going to be tough. Uh, wide receiver, I got to pick one. Um, uh, let's see, I got a few here. And again, I don't like having guys in the same team. That's just me personally, unless it's wide receiver or quarterback, but even then. So let me go with... I believe, you know what? Minnesota got torched last week, again, by Green Bay, and I keep bringing them up. So why can't T.Y. Hilton have a huge game for for the Indianapolis Colts who are going up against the Vikings? So I'm going to take T.Y. Hilton and uh, Rivers hooking up big time. So I'm going T.Y. Hilton for my wide receiver. All right, Nick, who do you got for your wide receiver? Last pick. Jay, we're going at it this week. I got Paris Campbell because I don't want to be yet. And Rivers also targeted him nine times, which tied with T.Y. So I think he's poised for a breakout game, and I think it'll be against the Minnesota defense. So I'm going Paris Campbell. Now that's a pretty good pick. I like that very much. All right, right there. So for Nikki's team to round it out, she's got Josh Allen at quarterback, my boy Raheem Mostert to run the ball. And even catch the ball. Who knows? Again, this is fantasy action, so the points all count. Paris Campbell, she got going directly against me. Same team with the Colts against the Vikings. 
weird, bad secondary. I got T.Y. Hilton at my wide receiver. My quarterback is Dak against the Falcons and Aaron Jones to have his turn running the ball and getting the touchdowns. And Damian is going with Aaron Rodgers, who unfortunately I have to root for now. And Alvin Kamara, his boy, on Monday night against Vegas in Vegas with no fans. And then Robert Woods against Philadelphia. I don't know if Darius Slay or anybody else can cover Robert Woods in that team. So right there, uh, this is going to be a tough one. I think that a lot of fantasy points are going to be scored right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a pretty good one. So that is the fantasy draft of the week. We did knowledge with Nikki. And coming up, we still got one more big one for you guys. We got the week two predictions with our high five along with name that player. So, guys, job well done so far. I like your teams. We'll see how it goes. Nikki did win the first week. Damian won the picks. And we're going to get, like I said, into our week two picks coming up in 30 seconds. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Light it up and take a puff, pass it to me now. One of the hidden gems, man, Nelly. We're just talking about a country grammar. We said it before. Love the album. Absolutely awesome. Had to play some more. Fourth segment, we always come in with a little uh, joint. Like, which one do you guys want to do? We never have anything planned. So there you go. Country grammar action coming at you. More third and three podcasts with Damian, Nikki, and myself, Jason Fearman. Man, we just did some fantasy stuff. We're ready to get into some week two predictions. Knowledge with Nikki was a slaughterhouse this weekend. She destroyed us. So we're going to have to come back big time. I'm going to study everything in the encyclopedia because I don't know what the hell you're going to ask me. I have no clue. Yeah, probably best course Yeah. <laughs> it is always her way to get back at us, and she does a great job doing it. We love her. Knowledge with Nikki, a mainstay, and... Here we go. Ready for week two predictions. You know how we do it. We got our high five, the best five games we think of the week. We'll get into that. But before that, we're going to do week two predictions along with those as well and start off with the games that we're not so much into or don't want to go in as much depth. But we're going to make a pick and we're going to explain why real quick. I'll kick it off, guys. Thursday night, we have... Uh, a disgusting uniform game. That's what I'm going to call it. The Bengals at the Browns. Just brown and orange and like Halloween. Like, give me a freaking break. I'm Somebody just throw like a pumpkin on the field or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. It's like Halloween. Anyway, so with this game, guys, um, I'm happy with what I saw out of the Bengals. You know, trying to be a team come together. You only scored 13 points. But good job by the defense. Not a juggernaut of the offense of the Chargers at all. But I did like what I saw out of them, and the Browns were completely pitiful, as we all know. So can they come back and be completely unpitiful? No. But they'll be good enough to beat the Bengals. It'll be one of those crappy little, ooh, they squeaked by. Browns still still learning to figure it out. 16-13 Browns. Damien, what do you got? I'm going in a close game as well, but the other direction. I got Cincinnati barely beating the Browns. Crazy Thursday night games. We all know how we all feel about Thursday night games. It's going to be one of those games that make us feel that way again. <laughs> about Thursday night games. Mm. 
I got Cincinnati 20, Cleveland 17. Yeah, and we know it's tough. The road teams, they're very. it's very hard for them to go um, into another stadium and win on Thursday night on a short week. But it has been done, and it certainly is possible. Damian thinks so. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I'm right there. Damian actually have the same score, Cincinnati 20, Cleveland 17. Um, yeah, I just – you guys know how I feel about the Browns. I don't trust them. I feel like they're already in win-now mode, and they have to respond, and I don't think they're going to respond all that well on Thursday. And, like, who's watching this game? The state of Ohio? Like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> only – only because it's Thursday night football I'll be watching, but it may uh, be another snooze fest like it was Monday night football with Tennessee and the Broncos. So, yeah, we'll see about that one. Yeah, you guys are probably going to pick against the Browns every game this year, and I don't blame you right now after what we saw in their beautiful six points against the Ravens. Moving on, Jaguars at Titans. Um, guys, I definitely like the Titans in this one. Uh, they both got a win. Titans snuck one in. Jaguars kind of snuck one in as well. They were at home. Um, this one's in Tennessee, and while the Titans didn't play a great game, I don't think that Jacksonville can go there and do what they did against that defense the same way that they did against the Colts, and I think that Derrick Henry is just going to run right down their throat. So I got the Titans winning this game 23-10. to 10. What do you think, Nikki? Um, yeah, I'm with you. I got Tennessee 24, Jacksonville 17. Um, I know they pulled off the upset, but the Colts really did not help themselves. And listen, Tennessee is really not going to make those mistakes, and they're less likely to give the game away. It makes a lot of sense. You know, and these games don't always go the way that we think sometimes. Obvious to my crappy record of 8-8, eight and, eight and uh, but Damien seems to know what he was talking about. So you think you know what you're talking about now with this game, kiddo? Yeah, I think that Tennessee will win. I'm right there with you guys. Nothing to add, really. Tennessee 24, Jacksonville 13. All right. So, me and you got close to the same score. Moving on to the next one, we got Panthers and Bucks. Um, yeah, I, I like what I saw out of the Panthers at home, but you lost to the Raiders, and that right there is just a killer. I'm sure Tom Brady is pissed off as hell, so I'm definitely going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. They're going to get it together. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more. I like them winning the game 24 to 17. What do you think, Nick? Um, yeah, no, I think for sure Brady is pissed off, and we all know what a pissed off Brady is going to play like. Uh, Bucks uh, 35, Carolina 24. All right, and Damian? Yeah, I'm going with a good game here. I'm going Tampa Bay 24, Carolina 20. I okay. think that Carolina show what they can do offensively, but defensively they're young, and Tampa Bay and TB, Tom Brady, will have his way with the defense there. I like it. I like it. All right, moving on to another game. This one's interesting. Rams and Eagles could have been in the high five, but not so much with the Eagles not doing what they were supposed to do in Washington. They are home this week against the Rams, who took care of the Eagles division rival Cowboys. I like the Rams in this game again, guys, going on the road against the Eagles secondary, against the Eagles defense in general, which did not show up. So unless they get their stuff together, I think the Rams can score points on offense and destroy that offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. Aaron Donald could have three or four sacks in this game, going with the Rams 24 to 16. Okay. No, definitely understand that pick. I'm going with the upset. I'm going Philadelphia to beat the Rams 24 to 20. I try to be one upset each week. Last week, I picked the Jets. It didn't work out. All right. All right. Fair enough. And they are the home team. So let's see what happens. Nikki, do you agree? Uh, no, 
I think Philly is in for another rough one. Um, I'm going Rams here, uh, 27, Philly 21. Okay. Okay. So could be a very close game. We'll see what happens. All right. My team, 49ers, going up to my former home in New York or New Jersey at the Jets. I got the 49ers winning this game. Don't want to talk too much about it. The Jets do have a good run defense, but I think we're going to see a lot of play action calls. I know we're missing guys on offense, but even still, that defense will cause turnovers and win the game for them. Pretty low scoring. I got it 17-6, to the 49ers. What do you got, Damien? Yeah, I got 49ers a lot to a little. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? Yeah, same thing. Um, you know, 49ers, you guys lose into a division rival. You know, that, you know, don't overreact. But the Jets, being a bad team, that's not an overreaction. You guys bounce back. I don't even know how much, how many points, but Sam Bram for the win. Yep, there you go. San Fran for the win. All right, so we all agree on that one. 49ers across the board. Let's see if we agree on this one. This one's a very interesting game. Uh, division rival over here for a long time, the Buffalo Bills, going to Miami to play the Dolphins. And I went back and forth with this one because I know the Bills are the better team. But there's just something about these division rival games sometimes that didn't show so much against the Jets last week because Buffalo killed them. But I think that Miami is going to somehow pull off one of those Miami miracles and I'm going to take the upset, and I'm going to go with the Dolphins here, Nikki. Um, yeah, no, football theory 101. Legitimate contenders should win all the games they're supposed to win. So, Buffalo, here's another shot for you. If you're legitimate, you're going to win. Uh, I got Buffalo 21, Miami 10. Makes sense to me. I think most people would pick that way. Let's see if Damian does. Yeah, I made the mistake of going against Buffalo last week. We'll not do that this week. We'll have <laughs> Buffalo 24. Miami 16. All right, and moving on along over here, we got the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Not much for me to think about over here or talk about over here. I already said Aaron Jones would have his day. I think that Aaron Rodgers will have his day, and I think they're going to put up 31 points to the Lions 13. What do you think, Nikki? Um, I think Green Bay wins it overall, but I think it's going to be a little closer than people think. I just feel like your division rival plays you a little bit harder. They know you a little bit better. Um, 26-23, Green Bay. Okay, and Damien closed it out with the Lions and Packers. You're going 30-17, Green Bay. All right. I don't know how I feel about Matt Patricia in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> going with Green Bay. Right, shouldn't even have bothered asking. Makes perfect sense. Falcons at Cowboys, another interesting one. They both lost, both own one. So somebody looking to go 500 over here, and I think it's going to be the Cowboys at home. And I think that it's going to be a close game for a while, but the Cowboys ultimately will win this game, and I think it's way up there. We're talking about a 34-31 to 31 game with the Dallas Cowboys. I think that Dak is going to have a huge game. That's why I picked him. I think Zeke can run the ball. And I also think that Atlanta with Julio Jones and Calvin really going to put up points. But when it comes down to it, I think the Cowboys are a little bit better and will win this game 34-31. Damien, what do you got? Uh, I got Dallas winning the close one as well. A little lower scoring going 20-17 Dallas. 20-17 Dallas. And Nikki? Yeah, Dallas is the better team, and I know you hate to hear this in the next game, Giants at Bears, but I think the Bears might be the better team right now. 
pulled out a little miracle win over there against the Lions, uh, who we just talked about a few minutes ago. But the Giants got to get their stuff together on defense. And with the way their offense looked against Pittsburgh and knowing that the Bears do have a good defense, even though it was a little sloppy in game one, I think game two, they come around, get it together. Bears win the game in a close one, 14-13 over the Giants. Damien, what do you got? I'm going with two upset specials this week. I got the Giants beating the Bears 2017. Okay, how about that? Look at that. There is definitely. I hope you're right, Dave. Please. I really, really do. No, I have um, Chicago. What am I doing here? Yeah, 26, Giants 20. I think Saquon can exploit a little bit of mismatch there. But, again, this O-line is trash. So, you know, I have no We have the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs at the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Look, the Chargers did not look good, albeit on the road against Cincinnati. But there's really, again, not much to say here. I think that Kansas City will have their way with them. Uh, The Chargers could be playing anywhere. They don't have any fans anywhere, even if there were allowed fans in the stadium. So I will take the Chiefs rolling on to go 2-0 with a 28-10 score. Damian, what do you got? Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well, uh, winning this one 24-10. All right. Let's see if it's three for the Chiefs, Nick. Of course it's three for the Chiefs. I mean, come <laughs> on, this like mediocre offense against the Chiefs is just it's not going to cut it. So Kansas City, I think at least 34 points, Chargers, uh, who knows? <laughs> Major, who knows? <laughs> Well, let's see if the Raiders can show up in their brand new stadium in Vegas on Monday night against Damian Saints, who are coming in to visit. The Saints are marching over to Las Vegas, maybe get a little gambling in before the game, maybe a little get a little gambling on their own team. Who knows? Maybe a little Pete Rose action. We'll see. But the Saints... <laughs> that, I told you, stuff comes out, I have no filter. I just I talk, and there you go. So, uh, yeah, look, the Raiders, I know they put up 34 points against the Panthers. They're not going to do that against the Saints as much as I love Josh Jacobs. And he probably will even get 100 yards, but he's going to need about 25 carries to do it. I don't think Derek Carr is going to have success in the air. I look at the Saints, a full Hull team, wherever they're playing, it don't matter to me right now except really cold weather in the playoffs. I got the Saints winning this game pretty big, 31-13 to over the Raiders. What do you say, Damian? your team yeah i'm right there with you i have the saints winning 30 to 14 don't see vegas's offense being able to do that against the saints defense and that defense gave up that many points to the panthers so that definitely just leads to this quality win for the saints yeah yeah (laughs) it it, it will be a nice high quality win for them what do you think all the way across the board nikki Yeah, give give him a few points here and there. Why not? You know, make him feel good about something. All right, nice. All right, so we got through that quick breakdown of the games that we're not paying as much attention to, even though we're paying attention to all of them, all 16 of them. But let's get into our high five over here. The first one on the list, guys, Denver Broncos, who just lost against the Tennessee Titans, are at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, This could 
look, they've had a history against each other playing uh, even in the playoffs, AFC championships and whatnot, but new team, new regime, new whole thing. It's 2020, weird things happen. I don't think it'll be that weird in this game where Denver, I think they're still getting their stuff together. And, you know, there's no Cortland Sutland. Jerry Judy's got to get it together. Melvin Ingram and Philip Lindsay in the backfield. Yeah, I like that, but it won't be enough to beat Pittsburgh. I think that they're way too sound on defense. They're going to be at home. I know no crowd and I understand all that, but you know, look who was catching balls for them yesterday, you know, with Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith ended up having a really big game and the Broncos defense, which I like doesn't scare me so much necessarily. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this game and I think they're going to win the game somewhere around 23 and I would even give the Broncos somewhere around 17 points. I think it'd be that close. So I'm going to go Pittsburgh 23, 17 for the Broncos. What do you think, Nick? Um, well, having just watched my Giants craft the bed against Pittsburgh, um, yeah, like Big Ben, he got the nerves out, you know, pretty early. This Their defense is just brutal. And while I do think Denver is going to be a good team, it's not going to be this week. So I have Pittsburgh 28, Denver 17. All right. All right. So we're on the same page there, just a few points off. Damian, what do you think? You think we're going to see an upset in this one? I'm going with Pittsburgh to beat Denver, even though I do believe in Denver as well. All three of us are on that train. I think that the defense of Pittsburgh is just too much, even though Denver's defense isn't bad. I think Pittsburgh wins a turnover battle this week. They get the young QB, Drew Locke, those two picks. And I got Pittsburgh winning 27-17. Could come down to that. The turnovers are a huge thing. Yep, Pittsburgh, watch out. Here they come. They're going to be in the playoffs. No doubt about it. Let's see. Battle in Baltimore this year. The next in the high five. We got the Vikings at the Colts. We have two 0-1 teams, but two teams that we think are going to be pretty good. At least I believe in the Colts. We all believe in the Vikings. Uh, I know that you got Green Bay winning the division over there, Damian. In this game, um, it was t- this one's really tough for me to call because I, I, the Vikings' performance in Week 1 was horrible. The Colts looked good for a while and then just kind of like stopped playing. So it was a weird thing going on. They both play in the Dome. The Vikings do have more weapons. They can run the ball against this defense. They can throw the ball against the defense. Can the Colts do the same thing? Yeah. Phillip Rivers threw for a whole bunch of yards. He can do it again. I know there's no more Marlon Mack, but in comes Jonathan Taylor. Watch out. Naheem Hines. They can do a lot of things with him out of the backfield. I think the Colts are going to upset the Vikings in this game, and they're going to win it 17-16 to in a very weird game. So I'm going with the Colts in that game. What do you think, Nikki? Um, so odds maker have this game a toss up and I get it. It's like very, I really didn't know where to go, but think about it a little bit. Difference to me is the Vikings lost to a much better team than the Colts did. Um, and I think I'm going to give the edge to Minnesota. They have a little bit more stability at quarterback, a little bit of a healthier run game. So, Minnesota 30, Indy 24. Well, I like your point about the fact that they lost to a much better team than the Colts did. That's a major point right there. Let's see if that carries over to week two. So a very good point right there. Damien, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I'm going with Minnesota as well in the close one. Like you said, it's a hard one to call with two teams that are expected to be good that came off of week one losses. But I like Minnesota in this one going against that Colts D that gave up that many points and only one incompletion to Minshew. So I think that Kirk Cousins will be able to do some things against that defense more than Rivers against Minnesota. So I got Minnesota 24, 
Colts 20. All right. All right. I'm going Lone Ranger style on that one. The Lone Ranger here picking the Indianapolis Colts. Still trying to ride with them over there. All right. Moving on to our next in our high five, the third game. Believe it or not, the Washington football team and the Arizona Cardinals made it into our high five. How the freak about that? They're both 1-0. Washington stole one from Philly who fell asleep. Whatever. Give a lot of credit to that defense, especially the defensive line, like Nikki said. The Cardinals looked very good against the 49ers, even though the Niners were not whole at all. DeAndre Hopkins is a nightmare. He will be an absolute nightmare again. He'll have kind of a repeat performance, I think. I think we'll see more of Kenyon Drake. I don't think that Washington really has a chance in this game. I think that Arizona actually starts to run away with it in the second half. And you might see Kyler Murray sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter because they're up by so much. I'm going Cardinals 30, Washington 10. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think, Damian? Yeah, I got Arizona winning, but not by a blowout. But this game, really interested in seeing if Washington's defense is for real. If they can do it twice in a row against Arizona, then we might have an actual team that may be a surprise team this year. But I'm going with Arizona. You mentioned the weapons. It's going to be hard to stop them. Arizona's defense looked pretty good last week against the Niners as well. So I got Arizona 27-20 to 20 over Washington. Okay, so a little bit closer of a game. Gives Washington some respect over there, and they deserve it right now. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I think 2020 is definitely a weird year. Like, a week ago, like, before the season started, this game, like, you look on the schedule, you're like, oh, you don't even give it a sniff. It's in our high five. Unbelievable. But you know what? (laughs) I think this game comes down to momentum. And, Damien, you're right. I'm interested to see, is Washington for real? But I think Arizona's got a little bit more momentum. They just knocked off the NFC champs. So I have Arizona 30, Washington 20. Okay, so we're all on Arizona in this one. Yeah, they could 2-0. Look at that. Wow, my division getting tougher and tougher. Not good, not good. All right, next on our high five, the number four game, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Houston Texans looking to pick up their first win after losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in the season opener. I wonder if that will happen. Let's analyze a little bit over here. Ravens, we already know they're tough as nails all over the place. They don't have a weak spot on their entire team, and that includes their kicker. They are tough, tough, tough. They're going to Houston, who had a subpar performance against the Chiefs, to say the least. Um, I don't really care that they're at home. I don't think the Texans have the weapons on either side of the ball. They can't match them in the coaching. They can't match them in the front office. They cannot match up with this team. So Baltimore, while I don't think they're going to put up a whole bunch of points, because I think that the Texans defense could do a decent job. I like Baltimore 23, the Texans 13. So 23 to 13, 10 point win for the Ravens against the Texans. What do you think, Damian? I'm going with a 10 point win as well for the Ravens, but I do think they put up some more points. I think they go 30 to 20 over Houston. Over Houston, I don't think they'll be able to score enough without that elite weapon that we just mentioned for Arizona no longer being there. Baltimore, I also used to see us being able to stop Baltimore. And Mark Andrews, one of the positives, not Mount Rushmore today. So, yeah, I think that we see another big game for Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of big games from those two guys. I know that about it. They connect big, big time. Mark Andrews may be talked about, like I said, best tight end in the league by, by the time the season is over. We shall see. All right, moving it along. Um, to Nikki about this game, Ravens-Texans. What do you think? Oh, Ravens all the way. Although, I'm in 
intrigued to see Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson play, like, offensively. I like that as just, like, a lover of the sport. But just, no, the Ravens are too much for Houston. Baltimore 33, Houston 26. Yeah, it'll be it'll be entertaining to watch those two quarterbacks, definitely. So I'm all in about that game. I like it. And one of the better games of the week for sure is the New England Patriots, the new-look New England Patriots, new uniforms, new quarterback against the Seattle Seahawks at home. 12th man is not going to be there. This is Sunday night football. Huge game. Can't wait. I've been flip-flopping back and forth on this one because New England can travel, but they're not on to Cincinnati. They're on to Seattle. And Seahawks, tremendous game on the road against Atlanta. Yes, it was the Falcons, I understand, but... Seattle, I'm telling you, look, guys, if I had a backup Super Bowl pick, and of course I'm not going back on my team with the 49ers, it probably would be Seattle. I think that they are just coming together early, often, and it's going to happen for them big time this year. I think they're going to take care of the Patriots. Not huge. The Pats will definitely stay in the game. They always find a way to do it. But I think 24 for the Seahawks and 20 for the Patriots. Cam Newton will play well, but he's going to have to watch out for that Seattle rush and that Seattle defense to see a couple of turnovers. So, again, Seahawks 24-20 to 20 over the Patriots. Nikki, what do you got? Oh, my God. I don't know what to do with myself. It's my MVP versus my comeback player of the year. <laughs> this is a tough one for me. No, it really is. But I feel like, you know, the Patriots are really going to be tested against the Seahawks. Mm, I think, um, yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Seahawks, and I think we're looking at, like, 28-24 Seattle. All right. All right. So it looks like we're on the same page with that one. Let's see if we make it a trifecta with Damien, or he's still riding high with the Patriots after week one. Yes, I am still riding high with the Patriots. Oh. I, I believe they pull out a close one in this one. Have it 21-20 Patriots. I think that they're able to control the ball just enough to keep Russell Wilson off the field. And their defense is able to, their secondary especially, is able to give all right. All right. I dig it. I dig it. All right. So going away from Nikki and I and taking the pats in that one, that is our high five segment for week two coming up. First game coming up tomorrow night of week two, Cincinnati and Cleveland. A lot of ugliness on the field. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's try to get a couple in here real quick of name that player before we call it a day. Um, I'll start our first guys. Let me go a little slow and I'll repeat it. Name that player. I played in one Super Bowl, but I lost to the Patriots. I am a wide receiver. I've played for five different teams. I led the league in touchdowns three times. And I have a bonus one for you if that's not enough. So I'm going to go again. I played in one Super Bowl, but lost to the Patriots. I'm a wide receiver. I've played for five different NFL teams. I led the league in touchdown receptions three times. Who am I? If we're not sure, I got a bonus one. Uh, I believe that is Terrell Owens. That's what Damien believes. Let's see what Nikki believes. <laughs> I, no, I got nothing. She's got nothing? No guess? I got nothing. I tied so bad at this game. It's ridiculous. All right. Well, why don't you just say I agree with Damien? Because ding, ding, ding. He got it right again. Two for two. Nice job, bro. Nice job. Terrell Owens, it is. It is. Way to go. And I didn't even have to give the bonus one right there. Good job, bro. Good job. 
Damien, you got one for us? Yeah, I got one. All right. All right. I am a quarterback who was drafted in the 2000 NFL draft. I was not known for my arm strength, but was really known for my accuracy. It's ironic that my arm strength was more for the West Coast. I spent my whole career in the AFC East. Who am I? Ooh, wow. That's kind of tricky, Nikki stuff right there. All right. Quarterback, <laughs> 2000. Drafted quarterback drafted in 2000, known more for his accuracy, and spent time in the AFC East. Ooh. Yeah, plays over in the AFC East. 2000. Nikki, try to think about this one. Quarterback drafted in 2000, known more for his accuracy, AFC East. Hmm. Chad Pennington? What's your guess, Jason? I like her guess. Wow, that's a pretty good guess. Um, I'm going to agree with Nikki or no? I I I I might. I'm going to take a second just to think for a moment, but is it Tom Brady? Well, no, because Tom Brady's no longer in the AFC East. Oh, that's right. It is. <laughs> it is Chad Yeah, Nikki. Hey. All right, Nikki. Yeah, way to go. Don't tell me you can't play this game. You're in this game. Don't doubt yourself. Way to go. Very good. Very, very good. That West Coast part threw me off a little bit. I was thinking Chad Pennington, but way to go, Nikki. I love it. Excellent job right there. What a way to close out the third and three podcast today. I love it. Unless Nikki, do you you don't have a quick one for us, do you? I do if you want it. Yes, throw it out to us. Let's have it. All right. I am a twelve time pro bowler. I finished my career with nine hundred and eight tackles and fifty two interceptions. In two thousand six, I broke the record for the longest non scoring play in NFL history at the time. I announced my retirement in 2014. Who am I? Wow. 12-time Pro Bowler. Repeat them all real quick. I am a 12-time Pro Bowler. I finished my career with 908 tackles and 52 interceptions. In 2006, I broke the record for the longest non-scoring play in NFL history at the time. In 2014, I announced my retirement. Wow. I'm going to say Champ Bailey with 30 seconds left. I think that's wrong. I'm going to go ahead and read. Champ Bailey. Oh, wow. Look at that. Wow. I pulled that one out. Wow. Okay. Dang. With Ben Watson. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I thought of it right there. Wow. Oh, man. Only five seconds left. This is great. Third and three podcasts. What a way to end it. Pulled that one out of nowhere. We love you guys. We are out. We're out of time.